main one that I kind of planned out from the very beginning was I wanted to get featured in Irish Country Magazine. Um, that was like, really? Yeah, like day one, day one, I was like, I want my sex shop in Irish Country. Um, oh, when you put it like that, yeah, of course. I was like, Irish Country Magazine. I was like, interested. And I was like, sex shop in Irish Country Magazine. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> My, my boyfriend at the time, his mother had a subscription to it and I wanted her oh, to fantastic. like read that. I just wanted her just to open up like her, her Irish country mag and then like see me just be like, hi, <laughs> I'm here in my sex shop. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn. On this week's episode, I sat down for an equally saucy yet insightful chat with the stunning Shauna Scott. Shauna is the proprietor of Ireland's multi-award winning sex toy retailer, Sex Shopper, renowned for speaking across media and hosting talks internationally about all things sexy. We discuss Shauna's fascinating journey into the sex toy industry and sexual well-being, how she's became the go-to sex guru in Irish media, the issues of politics and poverty in Ireland and her dreams of one day making it on RT's nationwide with none other than a boggle dildo. <laughs> Shauna was such a stunning guest to have on the show and probably had one of the most fascinating chats that I've ever had, not even just on the podcast, but just in life in general. So you guys are going to absolutely fall in love with her. So without further ado, please enjoy this latest episode of Interviews with the absolutely marvellous Shauna Scott. Well, welcome back to another episode of Finterviews this week. I'm delighted to welcome onto the show. It's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. <laughs> it is the brilliant, of course, Shauna Scott. How's it going, Shauna? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, I was just chatting away there saying um, I would follow you on some socials and stuff like this. And um, I was just delighted that I managed to get in contact with you um, because we've, uh, it's been a bit of a hectic morning uh, or day for all of us. So, um, yeah, now we just get to sit down. We get to relax. Yeah. Just have a wee chat. Yeah. It's all grand. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Irish Twitter's main pervert. <laughs> <laughs> we admire you. <laughs> but um, so if anybody doesn't know yourself, Shauna, I mean, honestly, who they think they are. But um, for the podcast listeners, Tell us a wee bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your background, what you do, because I'm not going to try to butcher um, and offend any kind of way if I try to explain what you do. I feel like uh, it's a... I I, I just won't even chance it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're perfectly all right. So my name is Shauna Scott, and um, yeah, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I I run a sex shop called sexshopa.ie um and yeah I, I'm originally from Seattle Washington in the states and I moved to Ireland 15 years ago and started sex Shoppa eight years ago and um yeah it's been going good ever since oh I recently moved to, to Sligo from Dublin no way jeez I didn't know yeah, that yeah oh gosh <laughs> amazing so from Seattle to Dublin nice Sligo oh here you're getting tall four quarters <laughs> yeah oh and then like I um oh this is totally I know we're going to talk about sex up in a bit but um my mom recently did like the 23andMe DNA test thing and so we're finding like all of these relatives all over the country and she found like a second cousin of hers who knew a bit of our like family history because like if anyone asks me oh with a name like Shauna surely you must be Irish and I just do like shrug emoji because like (laughs) no no one in the family bothered to do any of the genealogy yeah Um, but this person had and it turns out that like we have a great great grandfather who like moved to the states from Donegal so it's like our family has come kind of full circle from like Donegal to Ohio to Washington no way and you had no to, idea to Dublin and now and now to Sligo yeah and I like it, I just thought it was so mad that like I found that out three months after moving <laughs> to the northwest that, that our family was originally from the northwest oh my god that's crazy Jesus there you go yeah full circle my god like yeah that's amazing <laughs> and, and, and I just want to ask about that I'm like wow how's it feel <laughs> now that you can like you're not like I mean I, like there's such like a thing with like you know so many people that you meet um 
like well the Americans that I've met as well they'll be like oh I'm like so much percentage of Irish and all like this but like now you can like you're like properly traced it back oh you went like full throttle <laughs> like well like, I mean the one relative did yeah I, it's, it's so funny because like um it being the the American that like moved to Ireland and, mm. and people coming over and being like um oh like I'm I'm Irish I'm like like you said like however many how like percentage Irish mm. and I just like roll my eyes I'm like <laughs> fucking american and um and now and now like i'm the person doing that my mom's like oh yeah we know like where like he's buried in his hometown i'll get i'll get you the name of the hometown so now i'm like you know after lockdown i want to take the, the bus up there and and see if i can find the grave oh my god absolutely. i do love graveyard oh yeah <laughs> here we're in spooky season don't, don't we all should have been yeah it's, it's, it's we're so we're deep into spooky season now <laughs> god. yeah we're deep down into you know what let's leave all the sack shop talk to another time yeah let's just like <laughs> go into my spook season let's have a bit of chat about that but no um i mean i'm so interested in that anyways but um for, for i feel like for the reason of the podcast um uh i think it's a. Uh, and there's quite an interesting story that you have in your own kind of journey and how this kind of which first of all by the way sack shopper brilliant dm love it um <laughs> fantastic honestly I wanted, I wanted people to know that it was irish there was oh. like there was too many sex shops that like you wouldn't know it was like an irish sex shop but i wanted it to like do what it says on the tin <laughs> it's irish we sell sex stuff yeah as you said no beating the brown the bush like yeah no pun intended yeah. at all like exactly um sorry you must hear that all the time you're like yeah i know <laughs> good one so i have apologies explicitly from now if i i'm just like giggling like a little school child whenever I hear like any kind of innuendo you must be sick of them at this stage but, oh no I like I'm I'm I live for a good sex pun <laughs> fantastic we'll carry on um but anyways going on kind of with your story you're saying you moved over here from America um now I did a wee bit of research into you uh to kind of like I've heard like your the story of how this kind of sex shop came together and stuff like this but like tell us like a bit about like when did you like obviously it's when did you first get into that you know sexual health and like that kind of ad- I tried to phrase it very politely adult well-being uh, like like was it something that you'd always gravitated towards and had a passion for or did you maybe have another path in mind because wasn't it you were over in Dublin and you couldn't find like a good like vibrator wasn't that what it was like or yeah I mean like I was in the market for a vibrator and I, I couldn't find a good sex shop like I a lot of the, honestly the sh- those conservative Catholics with their sack shops I mean like oh. <laughs> well I mean there like we have we have sex shops in Ireland and like there's plenty of sex shops in Dublin but it just there wasn't really anything that suited me as a as a customer it was either it was very very like heteronormative pinks and purples like your Ann Summers types yeah type of shops. <laughs> or or you had um very like male dominated spaces a lot of like gay male shops where I wouldn't necessarily be welcome um or you know just the the overall like really like hardcore fetish aesthetic um which is fine and you know I like that sometimes but I don't like that all the time and when I'm shopping for a vibrator it's it's nice to go into a place where there's uh like daylight coming through the windows that that <laughs> so often can, actually... can be appealing for a shopper yeah <laughs> so so I I decided um that I was going to go to because we have a, a big female founded sex shop in the states called Babeland that was like right across the street from the college that I dropped out of. And, um, and so that's where I, I, I wanted to go to like buy a vibrator. And I was just, it was funny, the whole six months that I was in college, I never once stopped in. And, um, and now I'm like devastated that I didn't because it was such, um, it was such a pleasant experience to go in and have staff that knew what they were talking about and could like make recommendations based on like your needs and um and they knew every product inside and out so i i bet (laughs) so i was very very like happy with the the shopping experience and i um you know i'd spent my life in retail um working in various different kinds of shops. My, my last job before sex shop was I spent seven years working in a pharmacy. Um, so, so I have that kind of like healthcare retail background. Um, and I knew what a good shopping experience felt like. And, um, 
And so I, I came back from that trip and I texted, I texted my, my best friend Tara at the time. And I was like, uh, I really think that I want to start a sex shop. And she was like, I think you should, I think we should. And so we were going to do it as a partnership, but Mm -hmm. then she ended up, um, she's, she's a designer by trade. So she set up her own like design kind of firm with a friend of hers. So she suddenly didn't have um, any time to do the sex shop thing. <laughs> so um, she was like, but I, I don't want you, I don't, I, I would rather um, you go ahead and make the shop happen with me not in it than it not existing at all. Um, so she like gave me her blessing and like <laughs> sent me off into the world on my own <laughs> to do shrug emoji. How do I run a business? Shrug emoji. <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, then thus sex shop was born. That is insane. Like, I suppose, like, like, just, I mean, you wrapped it up so tightly in a little, you know, package but like, <laughs> that's like so interesting. I suppose, yeah, as you said, from your like, kind of background, being in that kind of sales and stuff like this, like that obviously lends itself quite handy into this world. But I mean, had you ever done a business for it? Like, what were you in college for, for those six months? Was it anything kind of related to that, that like maybe oh. lent it itself? Or did, was it just like inspiration to be like, people in Ireland, you know what, like are just being like, like they just don't have like, there's such a win- window of opportunity here. And did you just kind of see it and go like, I know that I can make that work? I think it, it's, it was sort of a perfect storm. First of all, I did not go to college for any of this. I knew nothing about running a business. I went to college to, to be a film editor. I wanted to, I, I went to like really? community college film school. And oh, uh, really? yeah, so like Abed from community was kind of my hero. He was sort of like doing the thing that I, I wanted to do. Um, and then like ended up just the course that I was on didn't suit me. Um, so I ended up dropping out and then went to community college for six months and then ended up dropping out of that as well. Um, oh yeah, I went to two community college. I went to Seattle central for six months and then I went to, um, Pierce college in my hometown for six months, um, just to try to like figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, and it wasn't that. And I, I really think like it took me a good long time to figure out what it was that I, I wanted to do. I did have um, like an interest in sexual health early on mm. because I the town that I grew up in. Um, well, the state that I grew up in was like a fairly like liberal blue state. But the, the town that I grew up in was very conservative and very kind of church run. Um, so we had, this weird, yeah. <laughs> we had this like weird mix of like the state required comprehensive sex ed where they taught you about contraception and like the different names for different types of sex and about masturbation. Honestly. Right? But then but then they followed it up with like an abstinence only educator <laughs> coming in and telling you that you you're not allowed to do any of that. <laughs> oh, and that, and that like and they, the full on fucking lies like saying like Sex, um, sex is best when it's between a man and a woman, and you're married. And I'm, I'm like, I, I can guarantee you that is not true. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> so I was just like, I, I felt like I was, I was stuck in this weird, um, confusing uh, time period, like, like right around the the turn of the millennium. Um, where they were just obsessed with abstinence only education. Um, and you have like your, like my parents saying like, you know, don't get, don't have sex until you get married. Mm. Um, and saying that that's the best possible scenario. And I'm like, well, did you and dad have sex before you were married? And then she was like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it was yeah. like when I was asking my mom and I'm like, okay, well like you and dad have been married like how many years? Like you can't, you can't like put this like sex after marriage on a pedestal. Mm. And, um, and like, I'm a 16 year old and fucking really horny and I want to <laughs> bang my boyfriend. Like, what do you expect of me? Um, <laughs> So my mom, like, bless her, like, when I, when I turned 16, um, she brought me and my sister to our pediatrician and, and made sure that, like, both of us, even though my sister was, like, younger than me and, like, didn't start dating until she was, like, 18, 19 anyway, um, made sure that we were both on the, on the pill mm-hmm. and, um, and was, like, you know, always make sure, even though you're taking the pill, to use condoms as well. Um, she's like, if it's one thing about women in our family, it's that we are extremely fertile. So, um, 
so I, I, I feel like I, um, it was, it was nice that, uh, even though it, it went against her faith mm. and because my mom, like she became like a Christian later in life. Like she was kind of like born again, yeah. but she was very, um, practical and pragmatic when it came to educating her daughters about like how to stay sexually healthy. Yeah. Um, and so I really, um, when I look back on the things that like influenced me to eventually like start my shop, that was a big part of it. Um, and, and yeah, and, and just like feeling like I was growing up in a town that I knew wasn't doing right by its students and by its LGBTQ community. Um, th- that was, that was another thing that like really broke my heart was because I, I had, um, gay friends who uh were just like on the cusp of coming out and um and being told by the adults in their life that their that their lifestyle was wrong and um and I just remember thinking like that is so fucked up and I and I don't want any part of it and it and and it really did like um influence like how I um it, it like it solidified what my moral compass was. And so I think like going forward, it would make sense to me that I would do something later in life, like run, I say later in life, I'm 35. And I started the shop when I was 27. <laughs> God, I'm so old. Um, but like, you know, you're, you're expected to like go to college straight mm. out of high school and then immediately start your career. And I had this kind of, crisis that I didn't know what I wanted to do um because like when you're when you're in in my hometown when you're 14 you take an aptitude test that tells you like what you should do with your life okay so you're getting contradictory like sex education an aptitude test to like tell you specific I mean even that in itself you're kind of being like hmm should it really be like you know throwing all my eggs in the basket that you guys are constantly swinging away from me like <laughs> yeah yeah well because like I remember like my my first boyfriend I had um real issues with like he was abusive and my I remember like having this conversation with my my mom um again just like so pragmatic and um and really kind of quite brilliant when it came to like relationships with, with like high school boys she was like shauna do you want to be taking care of this fucker for the rest of your life because that's what's gonna happen oh i love your mom already with him (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna end up taking care of him and being his mommy for the rest of for the rest of your life Uh and i'm like no i don't want that but i look back on that i'm like why wasn't that same logic applied to like um careers Mm. you can't um the the way it's expected that like you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're a teenager i know very few people who like knew from an early age like i want to be a teacher i want to be a firefighter um and and went and did that and were happy doing that for the rest of their life um i i can actually only think of like one person she knew from this girl i went to school with knew that she wanted to be a nurse and and, and she is, and that's like that was her her like life's vocation. Mm-hmm. But everyone I know, especially like you know people in in my generation, there's so little job stability. Um, the the market, the job market has just gone so crazy since the early 2000s, and then we had you know the the crash in um, 2008. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a you know we're officially we're in, in a recession two. now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you have like the gig economy and stuff. And so, um, I think I got very, very lucky that at like 27, I had, um, all that shitty retail experience that I hated (laughs) and this, um, this need inside me to do something kind of social justice adjacent. Um, and, and something that was like really important to me. Um, and so those things kind of just all aligned when I was 27 and, and to create the, and this opportunity for me. And so that's kind of like what Sex Shoppa was born out of. Oh, and, and the recession. I was like, 
I could see things coming down the line where like at the, at the start of the, when the crash happened in, in 2008, <laughs> my, my job that I was in, the, the shitty pharmacy job um, said, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to touch your wages. Don't worry about it. And then a couple years later, they got in a new president and they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're touching your wages. Or no no no, we're not we're not lowering your wages, but if you don't take a pay cut, we're taking all of your bonuses. And and so there was like, you know, the vast majority of us who needed those Christmas bonuses to buy Christmas presents. Yeah. Um so I was just like, I don't like the way this is going. I've no. never liked working oh, for people. I want to work for myself and I want to do something good in the world that I feel good about. Yeah. Um, and so that's where, where sex shop happens. Sorry, yeah. I talk a lot. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No, I'd like, I mean, people can't see because obviously this is just audio based or like this. We can see each other for chatting because yeah, it's, it's nice to actually know who you're talking to. Um, but I was like, just my jaw was like quasi dropping and opening it. And just, like, it's <laughs> such, I, my God, I'm so glad I like let you just keep going because I was like, I want to know everything. But like, it's kind of, as you said, you know, it's something that maybe you didn't go into, you know, um, initially looking into, but from your kind of background, having that like disparaged kind of upbringing where it's like obviously with school system stuff like this but then your mom which oh my god she just sounds like the best crack like do you know what I mean <laughs> to be like board agree and be like yeah very much chatter you know one hand be like don't you dare but then also be like if we're going to do this we're going to do this properly we're getting you yeah. like sorted like because you'd never hear that like that's what I like it's I've never heard anybody's parents reacting like that or even to the point where I mean a lot of my kind of school and stuff like that. And um, mine was an all boys school. Crossroad was an all girls school. There was no kind like, even the way that you were talking about, like, the different sex positions that get taught and stuff like this. Like, I, like, there's absolutely nothing. Um, I think there might, there probably was like a tiny bit that, like, is repressed back. Like, but, uh, but not to a way that is digestible for teens and stuff. So that's why I was just so, you know, intrigued by obviously this whole upbringing that you've obviously had. And, I suppose when it kind of comes to it, it it did lend itself in the long run. Like it, as you said, everything that you're interested in and this kind of like, you know, fuck those guys, whatever like this. Like, I mean, I, not those specific words, but tally, but it feels like, you know, one of those, you know, things where it'd be like, I want to do something where I, you know, that, that should be being like done run so properly and you're absolutely killing it like <laughs> like you put your mind to it. i mean your friend missed out a big opportunity there honestly <laughs> but like it's taken off so well um like I, yeah sorry I, I was just so like like even now i'm still being like i gotta go out of the podcast because i'm just smiling like it's so well, I, I just I, I feel like if there's any young people listening to this like I think that's I think that's my biggest takeaway is that you don't have to like quote unquote know what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. Mm. Like you should really, um, if you can, just take some time, like work the shitty job and try to figure out what it is that you want to do. Yeah. It, it might be running a business. It might be going to like work for a big NGO. It might be. Um, I don't know, trading stocks and being a Wall Street hack. Mm. Um, wh like whatever, whatever makes you happy. Just don't be evil. <laughs> <laughs> preferably not. Yeah. Maybe maybe not. don't be a Wall Street hack. <laughs> I'm it. Although but I like, did, I did love that. I mean, with all you know, financial like 2008. Do you know what I mean? All of these kind of crash and stuff. Where we're kind of reliving again this like whole new thing. Obviously, pandemic going on. But I just kept like. <laughs> I don't know why I kept running through my mind. I was like, yeah, like when everybody was getting fucked, you said to like, you know, <laughs> give them something to fuck themselves with. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, just <laughs> like, just lovely. I like ironic. <laughs> like irony. Um, I am. Um, I remember like I, I had a meeting with, um, some folks who, who run another sex shop mm. and um, I remember like talking to them over tea and they were talking about how they were apolitical as a company because they're they don't want to alienate any of their customers and this was like during the repeal <laughs> referendum oh. and I and I was like I don't understand how you cannot be political mm. like 
especially with the, the like the two referenda that mm. we had or like currently having and um that affects so many of your customers and they were like um well you know we donate to those causes and we'd vote for them ourselves but we don't want anyone knowing about it. and i'm just like that's so i i, I just i i could never i i find it impossible to not be like political in in a way um and and I think sometimes that like that puts people off my shop. Like I, there's some, I, I notice like when I, when I say anything um, about the United States politics um, on my, my Instagram, I end up like losing a few followers and I don't know if it's just like, cause people are like bored of me like saying about it, but my, but my reasoning, but my reasoning behind it is um, so much of, and it's the same reasoning that I, I tell people in the States who are like, um, why, why do you give a fuck what's going on in the States? I'm like, because it affects Ireland. Yeah. Like it, it, what, what's going on in the States has a massive effect on, on Ireland. Because like, if you think about, um, just give you an example. So the tech companies are bound by a law, by a set of laws called SESTA-FOSTA, which is anti-trafficking laws. I, I won't get into the details, but it basically it's it's the reason why Backpage.com got shut down. Um, you're not allowed to um, have ads for like um, escort agencies and like any any website that like puts up ads for like escorts and like adult content mm. or whatever. That it means that they are responsible for the those ads and so mm. um, and, and that adult content. So if someone um, posted like child pornography on like like let's say like tumblr or Backpage or something that means that those websites are responsible for that and can be like prosecuted as mm-hmm. such um it doesn't actually do anything for for trafficking it just drives it underground like further underground it but it also it. means yeah. it also means that like um facebook twitter instagram um all of these like social media websites are now like will not allow adult content on their site um, or, and they're cracking, really cracking down on it. Um, the amount of friends that I have who do like burlesque and pole dance and are trying to like post their videos or um, photos on their Instagram and getting um, either their content taken down or, um, or their like account locked. And um and that's and that's because of laws that happen in the states. Yeah. So so if so when people tell me that I need to not worry about what's going on in the states, like no, I do worry because oh, I'm a, I'm in right I'm in I'm an adult business, but um, more importantly, um, I'm a person in this world <laughs> whose whose body is seen as like purely sexual, and so um, I like I'm like our. <laughs> So the so the people who tend to get sorry I'm like I'm going off track. No, here. no, you're gone. The people who, who tend to like get their to get their like profiles locked and their content taken down are queer people um, and people of color. Um, but if you are heteronormative, uh, like and white, your content is more likely to stay up, and so it it unfairly. Um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for it, it's it unfairly discriminates against like queer people and people yeah. of color and so um there's a lot of privilege yeah there's a, there's a lot of privilege and so like a lot of these laws like affect those people most and um yeah so that's so that's like my my whole like thing I I don't have a problem being a business and being political at the no, same time no but I completely I I 1000% and do you know what if it's going to be your own business as well like that and it's not like like as you said you're standing up for like you know these things these people that are constantly being undermined and stuff like this online so you're kind of champion you know this like industry which is first of all completely tabooed by everything do you know that kind of way like you're already on like you know half a step down from everybody else because they're kind of like oh god sex shop you know so anything related to you know people you know 
enjoying themselves yeah, oh god yeah. you know that get away um in and in ireland as well like god like god knows like even when fucking like normal people and stuff like that came out like the the hellfire that came from like the grannies <laughs> you know being like is that a willy on tv um like yeah brenda yeah we know how you got your grandchildren like um but like no i think you put it in a really good way there where it's kind of like you know you you have the right reasons behind it. It's instead of being complacent, almost you feel like that, you know, there's an opportunity, you know, to voice that, which I think is so commendable. Again, why I'm such a big fan of yours online. That's why I kind of like find a lot of your stuff. I'm fucking like, <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Cause yeah, as you said, so many businesses, they, they're a bit afraid, you know, to p- probably like lean any side in any situation, which is understandable. But like in day and age, do you know what I mean? Like you're just, if, if you have an opportunity, if you have a platform, like, it's fair play to do that kind of yeah, way. Like, and I, it, like, it really does, like, I, I feel like I'm channeling my, my teenage self. Cause I, <laughs> there's, there's times when I just, like, I feel like I can't help it. Like, I'm just, like, on there. I'm like, here's my, my latest hot take on what's going on in the world. <laughs> Look oh, out, I- Leo. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but no like oh my god this isn't what i expected our kind of chat to go down on the verge at all but like because honestly i'm i always say to so many ones as well when they're like would you never talk to this person about this and podcast i'm going like i could not sustain a conversation but like this this is actually kind of nice i think this is probably like the most in-depth conversation i've had so far because i've been like i've allowed it to go somewhere god go me <laughs> but um i know i'm trying to even think of what else you've touched on so much um kind of what you're you know before this career and kind of sexual well-being and products um you're kind of discussed some jobs that were probably you know informed where you got into um but i suppose like tell us specifically in this industry that I mean, I don't know anybody that, uh, you know, works at Set Shop has ever done anything like this. I mean, like, what does an average day look like for yourself other than, I mean, you know, part of the people online <laughs> and, uh, you know, try to fight austerity in all sorts of situations? Is there any day that looks same? Because you were saying, I mean, even when we try to like, Sorry, actually, has it been busier over lockdown as well? I'm, I'm a bit curious yeah. now. Um, like, yeah, what does an average day look like for you? So, like, an average day looks like, and it, it's changed a little bit now because I, mm. I recently got a, um, a rescue greyhound. So, um, he's, oh. he's our little, he's our, fa- I say little, he's a <laughs> massive cat, um, <laughs> cat greyhound. Um, so he, you're really looking at our to, stream now moved out to Slago, got yourself a great <laughs> right that like absolutely living the dream my my cost of living is half of what it was um yeah <laughs> perfect um so I'm, i am getting up a little bit earlier now to like let the dog out and feed him and everything but um but yeah like my my day looks like i get up around 8 8 30 um if, if i'm if i'm feeling che- cheeky i might have a lion till nine oh, um but then i i have to like get up i do my my last orders that need to go out for for the day because like my my driver comes at around 10 um mm. does a collection and then i do another round of um wrapping and doing like my orders and stuff in the evening um so yeah, so I have like my 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 day is sort of bookend bookended by wrapping orders and then in the middle I'm kind of doing my uh my social media answering customer emails um doing a bit of admin adding nude product nude products adding new products <laughs> <laughs> to the site um ordering in stuff like all all the kind of like back end things mm. um but then just like at the start and end of the day excuse me um i'm i'm wrapping orders so, so that i think that's kind of the one of the things that um sets me apart from like a lot of my competitors is i i that's something i've always done i i thought like the busier i got um i wouldn't be like wrapping orders as much but now like i i know that that's something that is really important to people it doesn't seem like it would be a hmm. big thing um but the amount of emails i've gotten from people saying like this was my first sex toy. I was really sort of ashamed to buy it, but just the way that it was presented, like all like nicely gift wrapped with like a bit of like twine around it yeah. um, really made their day. And it made them feel like they were um, buying something special for themselves rather than like 
the super secret like <laughs> nasty yeah. thing that they bought. They, so, they bought down some dark alley or went into a shop that didn't have any daylight in it, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not so ideal just, the first time. Hmm. Yeah. And so that was something that like I, I really wanted to to keep up. I like I thought like I, I was just gonna do it until I got the business off the ground. I got my name out there, mm. but it was something that like people really appreciated. And so I'm like, no, this is like this is I think really important. Um it like it seems stupid and small, but it is really important. It's very time consuming. I'm like I'm getting to the point where it's getting a little it, it's taking so much like to to go back to your question how it was in lockdown um the month of april was absolutely insane i was waking up at like eight in the morning rolling out of bed having my cup of coffee and then just getting straight to work and i did 12 hour days six days a week for four weeks oh oh wow Oh, okay. And there was no stopping, and so it was just like it was me and um and my boyfriend because I. Oh, so this is so this is the other thing when uh like the day that we went into the, like they announced that lockdown was happening, um, a friend of ours texted me and was like, "Do you need help moving your office?" Hmm. And I'm like, "Yes, I do." And so we just got as much as we could fit, like all of like my stock, hmm. um, my accounts. Um, like all of my like wrapping material and we put it in his car and we brought it down to my boyfriend's place. Um, and then I think I went down and got the last of it, like maybe a week later. Mm. Um, so, so that I could like work from home. It was just boxes of sex toys stacked all up. Cause like my, my boyfriend lived in a shared house, with, like five other people. <laughs> so like we couldn't use the communal areas. Um, so yeah, just people are trying to get their cereal. Entire... Yeah, like going around for a spoon, and be like, "Geez, it's not a pop plug." <laughs> <laughs> so my my entire office was just like crammed into like his his bedroom, um, and um, we did like tons of like organizing and then reorganizing. But there was still like very little floor space for us to walk around in. Um, but yeah, so we we did that for for three months. Um, and then just like the month of April, it was just like insane. But it's it's gotten to a stage now where I, I've I've got a little routine going. I'm not mm. I'm not as I'm obviously not as busy as I was during like the first lockdown. But it's starting to ramp back up again because we've got Christmas coming. I think a lot of people are starting their Christmases early because we don't know if we're gonna have a Christmas this year. So like I was in Lidl earlier. Like I, I mentioned to you, I was I was buying a cake mix for for my boyfriend's birthday tomorrow, mm-hmm. and. Um, where was I going with this? Oh my God. I've got like COVID brain. Where was I going? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. All of, like the Christmas snacks are already out. Oh, I know. I know. Don't get me started. Oh, Everything. that'll be a whole other podcast where I'll just go around about like, no, I need to have my like date set out. Cause if I start going into stores and they're already playing Mariah Carey, I'm walking straight <laughs> back out. Like, but no, I had no idea that that was, it's like, because like, I mean, you've been doing like, I was trying to be like, oh, you've been doing so well. Like, you've been on XYZ. My list went on for too long. I was like, said, I can't mention the amount of, you know, people that you've been chatting on, like shows with and all like this, but you're still a self operating business and yeah. it's still so hands on. Like, I think that's like just so incredible in its own right that you said, you know, coming into lockdown and you're like, you know, boxes and stacks and stuff. Like, it's insane. Like I like me myself, I can barely organize myself to get these podcasts like, you know, set down. <laughs> so the fact that you can get all of this done in a day and still, you know, picking up cake picture or whatever like this, I still come and talk to, you know, some random kid online. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, like it's 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 mad. Like, but I suppose as I kind of was mentioned there, like you're like I think the re like I'm not, I'm not actually, can't even get the words out anymore. Um, but like, as I say, and you're on so many different, um, I was trying to make a list of all the different things that you've done so far and to be like, it's amazing. The list went on for too long, but like, <laughs> like, it's like, it genuinely like jaw dropped. I was like, 
Jesus, I can't believe that. I mean, I mean, this is a pinnacle, really. Like everything's downhill after this podcast. You know what I mean? But um, but <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. Th- this tends to happen with a lot of the guests. Yeah, we don't hear a lot after them. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to your meteoric like rise to fame, and then I can be like, I was on his podcast before he was famous. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so- the cool one here. <laughs> <laughs> so much as I'm hoping, hoping someday, of course. Uh, but from all of these, uh, you know, things that you've done so far from TV, like interviews, radios, podcasts, um, have there been any major standing moments that have happened in your career that you never like thought could have happened? Is there any kind of standout points that you thought like, oh my God, like this, like I was a girl that came over to Ireland, startup sex, you know, <laughs> shop. I did not plan on this happening. Um, I think the, the only like m- main one that I kind of, planned out from the very beginning was I wanted to get featured in Irish country magazine. Um, that was like, really? yeah, like day one, day one, I was like, I want my sex shop in Irish country. Um, oh, when you put it like that. Yeah, of course. I was like, Irish country magazine. I was like, interesting. And I was like, sex shop in Irish country magazine. Amazing. Yeah. So I did, I did that like, I think within a year. Yeah, I think it was like exactly like a year after I like started. I like I just sent them out a press release and I was just like, hey, I was wondering if there might be like space for me and like your upcoming issue. And they were like, yeah, like you're a small like new business and stuff. And so I was like, awesome. That's the like goal met. I can I can close up shop now. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I never have to do anything ever again. But um my my boyfriend at the time, his mother had a subscription to it, and I wanted her oh, to fantastic. like read that. I just wanted her just to open up like her her Irish country mag and then like see me just be like, "Hi, <laughs> I was here's my sex shop." I was expecting um, to be something else, be like, oh, it's Chance to Tuberty, or do you know what I mean? Like, was doing like, you know, Pixie's Clinic and stuff like that. And they were like, these like TV things. No, you were completely just like, oh, I want my ad in Irish Country Magazine so the boyfriend's mom could see it and be like, oh, damn. I, I really like, I, it hasn't happened for me yet. So, like, you know, RT, if, you, if you're listening to this, I really want to go on nationwide. They're actually our number one subscriber. So, uh, oh, really? oh <laughs> yeah, my gosh. I, well, mean, do I, I mean, there's no way to prove it, but I, I just presume. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I know, I know they're listening. Yeah. Of I'm course, sure yeah. there's someone on that show that's listening. Um, <laughs> so, nationwide. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nationwide. Um, yeah. I, I, I was joking about this with, with Allison Spittle a couple years ago that my, my key to getting on nationwide is to create a bog oak dildo. If I can make a bog oak oh. dildo. <laughs> Get get some local artisan to do it for me, and then like that can be like a feature on Nationwide. So I think that's that'll be that's my my other project in the pipeline. Um, in terms of like things that I've I've done, um, I think the the weirdest one that I did was I gave a talk at a economics festival in Norway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go on. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So this, <laughs> Sorry, so this, that just caught me a bit off guard. Like, I, I, like, this is something so, I've never had an interview like this where I've been so caught off guard. I've been like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I love like, it, I just, by the way. I, I just, I, I don't know. It was, so, like, it started a few years previous. I, um, <laughs> I have a friend of mine who's a comedian and he's done, like, he, he does he's done stuff with kilkenomics the economics festival in Kil- kilkenny so yes. you have like um kilkenny cat laughs is like the comedy festival mm-hmm. and then kilkenomics is like comedy and economics so they get like academics and comedians together and they put on like shows and do like panel shows and stuff mm-hmm. and so um i i think he put a word in with someone and they managed to get me on a panel and the panel did so well that they invited me and one of the economists that I got on really well with on the panel like we had a a nice little back and forth Mm. and they were like do you guys want to do a show and Mm. so I was like okay cool and so me and um and this economist Peter Antonioni who's from London like real like Tottenham London (laughs) geezer um like like the two of us d- doing this like show about the economics of sex and so we did that for for two years in a row in um 
in Tokenomics and it sold out both years. Now it was the smallest venue, but I can say that I had a sold, sold oh. out show two oh, years yeah. ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then after the second year, um, th- there was like, these Norwegian guys in the audience and they got in touch with us a few weeks later and they were like, we would really love if you and Peter would come to our, we're like, we're going to try to like take the Kilkenomics format and uh-huh. apply it to Norway. So do you want to come and like do your economics of sex show in Norway? And I'm like, of course. And they're like, oh, don't worry. Like all expenses are paid. Like we'll put you up in a hotel. We'll pay for all of your drink and food. Oh. And I was just like, this is the best this is the best. Sorry, this is the best advertisement for anybody that's kind of like, you know, footing around being like, hmm, what am I interested in doing? And be like, oh, you want to know what you can do if you start up a sack shop? Let's show you. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's taking me in so many like weird tangential directions. But I like, I love that because I think if I were just, if I were just talking about sex 24 seven, I'd get Board. like I I love this is why like I love my job because it's like I I get to flex my my muscles like not just about like sex education mm. and sex toys but like um my my business muscles I get to like go on to like loads of different podcasts and talk about like loads of different things because I I I, I think I kind of have this fear of like being pigeonholed as like mm. one particular thing but I have tons and tons of like <laughs> interests yeah Um, and so it's it's been it's been nice that I've gotten to like try my hand at different things I did like stand-up comedy for the first time um was it last year year last year the year before last year I did I did stand-up comedy twice last year um and that was like big and scary but it was Mm. something like I really wanted to try and so it's um it's sort of inadvertently been really good for my business as well, because it means that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of reaching into a wider audience because if you just go like the sex academic route, that will kind of like stick, you'll, you'll stick to the same sort of. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's like, if you're trying, if you're trying new things and like doing talks and stuff on like loads of different stuff that Mm. you're interested in, um, you're reaching out to a much wider audience. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, sorry, I just did not expect, um, you know, biggest achievements, you know, add in like a, a wee Irish country magazine being like <laughs> float around the world. I mean, like stand up comedy, like, Jesus, I, I, yeah, I can't imagine any of that was probably in the periphery when you first, you know, got into this business. But I suppose I don't even want to ask this like next question, but I kind of have it written down. But like, yeah. it's kind of like, do you have any horror stories? Like, because it sounds like you've had such an amazing experience. I was expecting like, you know, proper like term or like, American girl coming to like Ireland and like people are just being dickheads like but it sounds like you've just had the like I mean I I want your life now (laughs) I'm like I want to move out to Sligo and have a dog at all Um, but have there been any you know the kind of points that you've been like oh this is a something I probably like like should have expected going into this kind of thing I mean like I I think it's 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 not necessarily um, indicative of running a sex shop, but more, um, just running a business generally is like, you're going to have good years and you're going to have bad years. Like, um, 2019 and 2020 have been very good to me, but that is off the back of, you know, eight years of very, very, very hard work. And 2018, I nearly had to fold the business, um, for like a number of reasons, but like, Mm. um, Hmm, how much do I want to go into? Okay, so in 2017, <laughs> I I broke up with my with my long term partner. Oh God, we don't need to like do this if you don't no, want no, to. No, no, because it's, like, I think it's, I feel like it's I'm just a trudy now. <laughs> okay, it's important to the story. Okay. It's important to give context. Mm. So I had I had this big awful breakup in 20 in in 2017, and um and because of that, I was suddenly in the rental market for the first time. Um, in a very long time, he owned his house and I paid rent to him. So I was sleeping with my, with my landlord. He got me a good deal on rent. Um, and that, <laughs> and when we broke it. up, <laughs> my, my cost of living doubled and, um, oh, and it was at, wow. and it was at, at a time when there was just, you know, queues of a hundred people going to view one property. And 
I was effectively homeless for about three months, just like sleeping in friends' spare rooms and like on couches and stuff um, until I was able to like secure a place to live. But the, the place that I ended up getting, I like, I moved in with a friend of mine and it was a place that like was too expensive for us, but it was the only place available. Um, so I started foregoing buying in new stock so that I could pay my rent. So I had less and less stock. This is, here, tips for anyone who's going to run a, a, a retail business. Get out make, the pen sure, and <laughs> make sure that your outgoings at the end of the month, like, are are less than your incoming um but that was like that was really really tough so i figured like okay well um once uh, like i i the business has been growing up until this point um it's going to keep growing it'll be fine and it wasn't fine because that next summer um we had the hottest summer on record and my business is very much tied to the weather. The shittier the weather is, the better I do. If the weather's really <laughs> nice and people are outside and going to festivals and stuff, um, people don't buy sex toys. And so if you're like locked in the house, so that's why lockdown was so good. It's like everyone's <laughs> trapped in their house. I have like a captive audience. <laughs> the, then my sex shop does really well. Um, but you know, it, so I, I, was foregoing buying stock to like pay for my rent and then just got faced with the worst possible weather outcome for my business, which was this like really, really, really hot summer. Um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't doing as much business and, um, I, you know, thank, thank God I didn't go into debt, but I just, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to, um, sign up for another year on that mm. lease. And so I ended up having to, to move out of that place. Um, and that was really tough. And I had a lot of people in my life who told me that I need to fold the business and I need to um, figure something out, um, start a different career. But at that point, I felt like Sex Sheffa was such um, an integral part to my identity. And while I don't like being pigeonholed as one thing, um, it's so important to me. It, it's the Sex Shop was the longest relationship I've ever been in, <laughs> you know, eight <laughs> years. Um, that thing is my baby. And so to lose it would be to lose such a, a huge part mm. of me. Um, um, but thankfully, I had a therapist who was like, do you believe in your business? And I was like, yes. And she was like, you need to use your credit card and buy more stock. And I was absolutely bricking it. And I, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. And she was like, well, do you not think that you can sell it? And I was like, well, I absolutely can sell, sell it because like it's, you know, they're products that I believe in. Mm. And she was like, then you need to like take the credit card and do the thing. Don't go crazy, but you need to like re-up your stock so that people can buy it because otherwise your business isn't going to survive. And so um, that was like the one time like I had been with her for a couple of years, like mm. through the breakup and everything. And that was the one time she was ever directive with me. And I don't think she's necessarily meant to be because <laughs> like therapist is just meant to listen, but she was like, if you, cause she like, she knows me and she knows my business. And yeah. she was like, you absolutely need to like make this happen for yourself. And I, I mean, think it was the best best advice I was ever given. Was that's like, what if I was you... going to say. Probably like the best thing. You're like, didn't expect it. But also, thank you for the business advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she was she was getting into like life coaching at that stage, like less about the, the psychotherapy and more about the life coaching. So like I really appreciated that she put her life coaching head on, on and like was like, please go do this thing because I don't want to see you lose your business. Yeah. Um, so I did. And like, thankfully I managed to, to get into a better housing situation that was more affordable. Mm. Um, but like, this is, this is another, re like another like political thing that I'm, I'm very um, passionate and angry about is like housing because that situation <laughs> could have ended up really, really tragic. Mm. And, um, you know, I, my situation doesn't compare to people who are on the streets. Mm. Um, but like there are people on the streets because of through no, through no fault of their own. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, really, um, upsetting to see 
that happening on such a large scale in this country. I know. Um, People being pushed into like really, really bad economic situations. People being um, forced to to stay with abusive partners um, because of, because of their economic situation. Um, That was something that was like when lockdown happened, I ended up um, like donating some money to women's aid because I had heard of a situation of, a neighbor of a friend of mine um, who was trapped in an apartment with her child and their dog with a, an abusive partner who had threatened to kill her. And, um, and so I was just like, yeah, this, this fucking country sometimes. Oh no, believe me. I was never political. That's a whole t- other conversation. Oh, whole other conversation. Believe me. I was never the political type until I came down, uh, down, <laughs> down south into Dublin. And I was like, oh wow, I'm political. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's as you said, do you know what I mean? You feel like you have to kind of at some points because you see too much shit like that. You're like, no, fuck this. Um, but yeah, like I suppose that's like, that's such something that so many people wouldn't you know have like the strength or the kind of confidence to come back from but boy have you honestly like I mean I think that probably just speaks to your resilience as well like for you know still making it and now you've like came out you know the other side and such a better situation and like I suppose that's just like another kind of message to anybody like it's probably going through something like this right now do you know that kind of way that like this it does kind of work I, in the end stuff like that but like oh god no um yeah it's it's just it's just mad like I I just like I feel like I'm still so young and naive that I don't even realize half the shit that's gonna happen so um <laughs> I feel like it's a bit of a precursor yeah I've already had like my almost homeless situations like so um uh, we, we've doubled in the night of those but I'm like I'm very conscious that um again it is your boyfriend's birthday tomorrow you need to make a cake we've been we've been having a really nice chat but I'm like I know that like there's only so much that you can talk to a child on the internet for oh, sorry I can't call myself child what the fuck okay that's not weird <laughs> <laughs> how but old are you I'm 22 oh my god you're not even a child you're a wee baby <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll keep taking it. Yeah, as long as, yeah, I'll keep telling revenue that. Like, sorry. I um, but yeah, like I, I, like I really hope if if there's any like young people listening, not just you, Connor, uh, <laughs> but um, but like Artists yeah, if there's listen, any young people listening, um, just to just to bear in mind, like, what do I want to say here? Yeah, mental health sucks, especially right now. So just like. Hang, hang in there as best you can. Like, mm. lean on your friends as much as you can. Mm. Um, I know that's easier said than done. Like, I'm, like, personally, like, I'm going through some mental health stuff. Like, I have been since lockdown. I think, like, the first, um, the first couple of months, I was so busy that I wasn't even allowed in my own head to think about my, my situation. Yeah. Um, and since, and it's weird, like, since moving to Sligo, um, while it's been good and I feel a lot more relief living here and my whole like financial situation is so Mm. much better. Um, and I have the dog now I'm still like faced with the uncertainty of like what the next year or two is going Mm. to be. Um, and I, and I get asked a lot about like what my, my, what's going to be next for sex shop. And I, you're going to get my next question. <laughs> what's the next question? It literally is that. I was like, what does the future oh, hold? Oh. So no, so, it leads, it lends itself perfectly into it. But like, if it's actually a little bit daunting, I actually don't want to go down. There. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Like, I think, um, like it's, it's, it's a really, really like hard question to answer because like what does the future hold for any of us i don't I know. fucking know like i could get covid tomorrow <laughs> and then my dog will own sex shoppa. <laughs> yeah so i i just um i think it's important to take everything a, like one one day at a time mm. all, you know all of the things that everyone has already said about you know, life and lockdown and COVID. It's important to take things like one one day at a time. Mm. Um, make sure to like exercise and do your yoga if you can. Drink plenty of water and just like look out for each other. Um, 
check in on friends if you can, um, and just make sure uh, you're 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 doing your bit for the people around you. That's mm-hmm. like that's all we kind of can do because like I have I have no idea what's going to happen to sex shop in well, the next few years. I'll maybe I'll maybe reframe from like I'll maybe twist this to another way then. Is there any kind of big goals that you want to achieve that you haven't achieved yet? I mean, I know that you said, I mean, getting the ad in, you know, Irish Country Magazine and, uh, <laughs> I mean, bucket list ticked off. But is there anything else on your bucket list that, I mean, we don't know where things are going. We never know, really, like that kind of way. But is there anything left on that bucket list that, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like your bucket list has, like, I, I mean, like, what... It, it's, it's not even a bucket list anymore. I mean, it's just went uh, all over the place. As you said, so many different like tangents and like all these other, you know, strings that you never thought would really come from this. But is there anything that like from being in the business for so long, from doing all these things and um, from just grafting your bloody arse off, uh, is there anything that you're like, this is like, would be like a dream, like a goal for yourself? So like business wise, I think it's more to do with like, I would like my business to do well enough that I would have like the time and the money to do other things that I have an interest in. So um, I, I want to buy a house. <laughs> like, it's, it's really for a number of reasons. It's really important for me. Like I want that like security mm. of like buying a house. Um, and I think living in Sligo makes it a lot easier because it's one of the cheapest places in the country. So if anyone's thinking as well. of buying a house, like fucking Sligo, Leitrim, Donegal, like houses, houses aren't, aren't anywhere near as expensive as they are in Dublin. Um, so, so that's like really important to me. Um, but I also, I, like, I think I'd quite like to write a screenplay I, I like going back to the the thing that I dropped out of in college. Yeah. I'd like to like do. I'd like to do something with that. Um, I mean, you're going full circle. That, that was it. that was my first passion. I did like a film and video class in high school and absolutely loved it. Like there was a reason why I wanted to do that originally. Mm. So I think I'd like to to um, have enough money so that I can get someone to like run the business for me for six months, so I can just hold up and write a screenplay. I mean, you know what? I feel like it's in the air for you. It's going full circle around with the ancestry. <laughs> it only makes sense that the career comes around a full circle, dropped out of it and be like, now I'm coming back, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bitch is back. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, I'm just, I... I'm, I'm, I'm cautious that like I could just keep talking to you for days. Honestly, that's <laughs> oh, like I as I said, never have I kind of dotted along any kind of lines that like um have been a bit like heavier in topic. But I feel like you're probably like one of the per- like best guests I've had on that have Aww, you know you know you. you've ushered it in so nicely that. Even I have felt like comfortable being able to chat to you about it or for meeting you, like, you know, just chatting on the internet. That's, that's a pretty impressive thing to be able to, you know, welcome somebody in. So, um, no, Shada, if like, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been such, such a pleasure. Thank but, you so much for having me. Hey, can I, can I invite myself back on? Oh, absolutely. Next week. Here we go. We do. Well, like I was thinking like, since we don't know where we're going to be in six months, <gasps> oh we can God. do like an update in six months. Will we do that? Well, that means that we have to both keep succeeding. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Next yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we'll yeah, that. yeah. You know, pinky swear. Yeah. yeah. We're both going to have to keep doing it. <laughs> but Shada, if people um want to find out more about you, more importantly, and they want to, you know, buy all the sex products in the world, Chris is coming around. If there's any kind of spooky sex products, maybe you want to like push out there. How do they get in touch? How do they find you? And how do they fall in love with you the same way that I've just kind of felt like I've just been like, <laughs> oh my God, like absolutely love this girl. Like, um, yeah. So, so sexshepa.ie is the website. If you want to buy some sexy, cool stuff. I don't know if I have anything <laughs> spooky. I think I have like one or two like orange, uh, <laughs> like pumpkin colored, um, toys. <laughs> but do I, I think I have one anyway. Uh, nothing, nothing too spooky. But if you wanted to buy something like sexy and cool for for Christmas, sexshopa.ie. Um, if you want to 
uh, hear all of my political hot takes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it, it's funny, like the, the tone is like similar, but kind of different. I think Instagram, I'm a bit friendlier and like Twitter, I'm just like, here is all of my rage. Um, oh, yeah. And it's just at, at sexshepa, all one word. <laughs> well, I mean, again, um, everybody go give her a like, a follow, subscribe, everything I got. I, I, I'm saying like, like, follow, subscribe. Like, I feel like I'm just like lost <laughs> this like whole like smash the subscribe smash button. Smash the subscribe oh, button. Oh <laughs> God, hate it. Yeah. Um, but no, like, just thank you so much for coming on. Um, I've just had such a blast. And as you said. Me too. And I, oh, yeah. <laughs> and as you said, I mean, next big thing to come out of this we're getting you back in the podcast. It's, I mean, it's we've put out to Universe now. We've put out to RT to get nationwide. I mean, yeah. we, they, they, the Universe has to answer back at some point. So <laughs> we just got to make 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 it happen, make it happen. But um, I'll let you go anyways. And I'll let you go get prepared for your boyfriend's birthday tomorrow. But honestly, thank you so much. And I hope that you have a wonderful time. So <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Interviews. Please support the podcast by giving us a like, subscribe, share, rate an Apple podcast or whatever you're listening on. It honestly really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and maybe suggest somebody that you would like to hear me interview next, you can find me on socials. It's at Finterviews Podcast at Finterviews Pod and really anywhere at all. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you need me, I'm there. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in again, and I'll see you later. Bye!